Hi, and welcome to a new podcast called Magical Match, a place to hear about real people with real stories around the important topic of stem cell donation and transplants. In each episode, I'll be chatting with donors, recipients, those in supportive roles, and people who have been affected by either a personal experience or through another's inspirational story. It is my hope that by opening the conversation around stem cell donation, we can inspire more people to sign up to the Stem Cell Register, offering more hope to those in need. Today's special guest is donor Maggie Marshall, who has donated four times for two separate recipients. So, hi Maggie. Hi Jimmy. (laughs) Welcome. So, tell me about how this began, because you are already on the Stem Cell Register. Well, it started for me because I was a regular blood donor. So, um, so I actually donated stem cells through the NHS Blood and Transplant. So, when you go and give blood which is a very simple process. And I would encourage everybody to go and give blood because it's very quick and helps a lot of people. It does. Um, So to get on the stem cell register, you just literally give a little bit of extra blood and then they do whatever checks they need to and you go on the register, which I think as people who probably listen to this podcast are aware, you stay on the register until you're 60. Right, okay. And that's that's for donating blood? Um, No, that's for donating stem cells. Um, For blood, I, I think you can do it up I don't know, as long as you keep healthy, I think you can keep going for blood. Which is wonderful. (laughs) Which is marvellous. Yes, 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 exactly. I should just say, the actual donation process for giving blood is only about five or six minutes long. So, you know, it's not that painful. I think it's less time than it takes to listen to a Justin Bieber record and probably less painful. So (laughs) I would encourage everybody to go along and be committed (laughs) to giving blood as well as joining the stem cell register. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Great encouragement there. And so when you first decided to get onto the stem cell register, you received a letter in 2008. Is that right? I did. I'd actually been on the register for over 20 years. I'd never heard anything. You know, all that time, I'd almost forgotten that I was on the register. And then out of the blue, a letter came through on in 2008 saying I was a potential match. Was I, you know, happy to go through, which was, you know, I was very excited. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, oh, yes, I could, you know do some good here although you do also get a sense of responsibility but anyway yeah and then they yeah. came back with another letter saying a few months later no you're not needed and then eventually after several months I got another letter saying yes you are needed um could you be prepared to go through the process so in January 2009 off I went to um, King's College Hospital to do a peripheral stem cell collection so, um, and I think you've had previous donors on here. It's a very simple process. They give you some injections. That encourages the stem cells into your bloodstream. And then you go off to the, the hospital and you sit on a, a machine that's like a dialysis machine. They put a needle in one arm, a needle in the other arm. And um, the process takes about four or five hours. So um, the only problem is if you need to go to the loo, really. <laughs> And nobody ever tells you beforehand what you have to do about that. But anyway, that's another story. No, that, yeah, that, that's another story for another podcast. For another podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they and they when you're sort of plugged into it all, it's separating the stem cells, isn't it, and siphoning it is, them off? Yes, it siphons off what they need. So I went on the Tuesday. And then they said, when the, at the end of it, they said to me, we haven't got quite enough stem cells. Can you come back the next day? I thought, oh, yes, that's absolutely fine. No problem. Thinking that was normal, but apparently it's not. So yeah. then I came in the next day and I went through the same process the next day. And then all of a sudden, a consultant who I'd never seen appeared by my chair. And he said, oh, 
no, we're sorry, we still haven't got enough stem cells. Don't worry, we've booked you in for a, a harvest on Friday. How did you feel about that? <laughs> well, I must admit, to be quite honest, to begin with, I thought, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can go through this because I thought, I'm very lucky, I have very good health and I've never had an operation or a procedure or anything and my sister was with me and she said you don't have to do it if you don't want to and we went off for about an hour and we had a cup of tea and then I thought to myself how ridiculous am I being this is somebody's life they need it so of course after I sort of really thought about it of course I said yes actually I did think the most ridiculous thing at the beginning I thought how do they know I can get the time off work which was madness because (laughs) You know, it's somebody's life. Does it really matter about whether I'm going to my desk on Friday or not? <laughs> but it's the sorts of things that you it might be going through your mind. It's not necessarily going through somebody else's mind because it's so yeah. unusual. Of course, you're going to be thinking practically, well, I don't know whether I can do that then. Can, I, can we try another time? But you, I know. Well, you I, can't. Think, I think the thing with hospitals, because what they do is amazing, but they do it every day. So it's quite ordinary for them. For me, it was extraordinary. So I was sent home. And then they sent a taxi for me on, oh, it must have been the Thursday afternoon. And I went up on the Thursday afternoon and then they did the bone marrow harvest on the Friday. So that was my first experience. And it was, it was all fine. I came home again that night and I was well looked after. When I donated later, I'd actually stayed two nights, which I think was better. Yeah. For me. How did you feel after donating that way? Because that's into the pelvic bone, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think, you know, 90% of people donate the easy way, which is the peripheral blood stem cell collection, which is like a long version of giving blood. And only 10% do what it used to be called a bone marrow harvest in the yeah. old days. And yes, it's, it's um, you have to undergo a general anaesthetic and they take it from your pelvic bone. So you end up with a couple of little plasters and there's like little pinpricks. But for me personally, and everybody's different, it wasn't painful. I was just tired because I think because I've been through the two procedures in the same week. week. And so, yeah, so it did have a bit of, it did take a little while to get over it. But, you know, nothing, you know, nothing serious. I mean, I did sleep quite a lot. That was quite nice. You know, I hadn't slept like that since I was a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) There are lots of positives around this then. Yes, absolutely. So it was really nice. And the NHS Blood and Transplant sent me a lovely orchid, as they used to. I think they've had cutbacks and they don't anymore, but I really appreciated it. That's lovely, isn't it? Very, very sweet. And so you got on with your life and... Yeah, life carried on for a while and then you had another contact with the NHS. I did and I think that was back in 2012 and again they said oh you know you're a match for somebody else and this time they said you're a match for somebody else are you prepared to do it so I said oh yes no no problem at all so I thought well I know what I'm in for now so that's no problem And, and I have to say you get a very very good medical so you know you're checking on your own health as well at the the same time and again I had to wait a long, long time. And I think it's because for both my recipients, I wasn't a perfect match. And I think they were waiting for somebody who was more of a match to come on the register. And unfortunately, that person never came on the register. So again, it's strange because it was almost exactly to the date, January again in 2013, I went to the London Clinic this time which is very posh, and I'm surprised they let me over the threshold. Somebody who's working class as me, but anyway, they did. But they treated you well. They did. I had a lovely room. It was it was lovely. Yeah. It, was very, it was very nice. Did you feel like you were going on holiday? Yeah, it was a bit 
like that. Yeah, yeah, I can stand. I'm going for a two night stay in London, you know. It sounds, it sounds very good, you know, and uh, yeah, they you know, do very a decent, good service. Decent biscuit up at the um, the <laughs> London the London <laughs> yeah. clinic. I have to say, <laughs> oh, that's lovely. And I just said earlier, were you contacted by the NHS? But of course, were you contacted when when you're being asked to be a, a donor again? Were you contacted by the blood transplant team? It's the NHS blood and transplant. It was their team that came it's through. It's their team. team that yes, yeah, I was right. contacted by them again. So that's that's how it worked. I just, in fact, I still keep in contact with them even after all this time so um which Isn't is really, amazing which is really yeah. nice yeah it's it's so lovely and so this time round you were in the London clinic and mm. this was another harvest situation yes it? another it, because the recipients doctors request which way they want the the goods so to speak the stem cells which you know whether they want you to do a, a harvest or a peripheral blood stem cell collection and they went straight for the harvest so that, that was fine as I yeah. say I knew it was in for I think it depends on the um on the patient's health at the time doesn't it something along those lines I think as I understand it sometimes for children they want from the bone marrow I think what they get is purer although I have to say I'm not a medical person so no, all no, I know this is, is that not... blood cancer is very complicated yes yes mm. and and this podcast obviously is about stem cell stories and stem cell experiences yes. um we are not medical people um no. we have just had experiences exactly. connected to stem cell donation okay so you've gone through this procedure again yes. now how and how did you how did you feel about that because you know sometimes I'll speak to donors I might speak to recipients I might speak to people who are families that are going through it or people that are connected to working in that in that sort of environment you're going through it again through a stem cell harvest how did that affect your body coming out of that were you extra tired because you ended up doing it twice didn't you firstly I was more relaxed because I knew what I was going in for yeah. so I knew it was wasn't going to be a problem really and again yes I was a bit tired but again it wasn't painful and I can't stress that enough mm. you know I was exceptionally well looked after I was back in my little room by about nine o'clock in the morning because they take you down early and and I don't think they even call it an operation it's just a procedure it doesn't take them very long mm. to do but of course you do have to go under a general anaesthetic but for me personally it was absolutely fine and I had an extra night in the London clinic which was not for any reason they just keep you there for two nights which is better really mm. and I came home and I had a few days off work and I and I was fine again and you know you get a real sense of response you know you feel responsible for your recipient actually I was, yes. you know it's surprising how much you feel responsible for them but also you get a real feeling of um, I don't know if achievement is the right word but you know at least you've done your best to help somebody Yes, I think, and I think that could be quite the feeling of responsibility. There could be quite sometimes difficult, I think, to to handle because when you know when you're in that situation, there is much care and and much love for the donor as much as there is for the patient, and that feeling of you know responsibility and concern and worry. For obviously, for some people, people who are going to be a donor, it's quite a massive decision, really, when you when you think about it, because you are potentially going to either give somebody a longer time to be alive, um, or you might save their life altogether and give them a much you know a much longer time yeah. for their life. So, how do you feel about that when it when it comes to responsibility? I think, from a donor's point of view, you just want to do your very best 
for the person who's receiving your stem cells. Yes. And even though you've never met them, you think about them all the time, you know, because you think, you know, in my situation, I've never met my recipients. And, I, okay. you know, you think, how are they? What, how are they doing? And you just want to do what's best for them. I think after my first donation, I was much more relaxed because gradually I began to learn more about it. And I realised that, you know, certainly if you sign up to the register, you're at least giving hope. You might yes. not be able to save a life. You might be able to potentially extend a life mm. you know if you don't go on the register people don't have any hope which is yeah. why you know hopefully people that listen to this podcast will be encouraged to sign up because you know as you know we need a more diverse people on the on the register everybody so everybody uh, i'd encourage everybody to sign up yeah and i say this nearly every time and pretty much every time that you know if you are 16 to 30 you can sign up with anthony nolan and if you are 17 to 55 you can sign up with dkms and i do believe there is also be the match in the states um and i'm sure there are many other charities that are working to uh, to sign people up onto the stem cell register i think you can still sign up with the nhs blood and transplant but i'm not quite sure what their criteria is because they all seem to have slightly different criteria and i know that it did change slightly after i joined so anybody that gives blood could always inquire yeah i think that's a i think that's a really positive um suggestion there to to make because you know it's just one step further isn't it you're you're donating blood if you're donating blood there's still blood being donated but it just happens to have the stem cells in it that uh, could really help somebody and I think with uh, with donated blood I was told when we were on the ward uh, a few years back that a lot of the blood donations are used either for oncology or for A&E that's pretty much where it all goes and so when it comes to oncology you know you you could be helping somebody going through cancer or various other blood disorders yes you had the stem cell donation in 2009 for your first recipient yes 2013 was your second recipient and you haven't been in contact, you haven't had any contact with, with these people? No, my first recipient, I did get a letter from the NHS Blood and Transplant and they sadly passed away after three years, So, um, which I was quite upset about actually. I didn't tell anyone for a while. But then somebody from Anthony Nolan pointed out to me, you know, they wouldn't have had three years without you. And I, that made me feel a whole lot better then, you know. So I thought, oh, well, and, and actually I had a nice letter saying that they hadn't been in hospital, they'd had a reasonable quality of life. So I was quite pleased about that. I actually think that is quite amazing and that's quite a, you know, albeit, you know, a sad outcome. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the fact that you did offer somebody three more years of their yeah. life, which they would not have had without you. Yeah. Um, I think that's really something to be very proud of and to be sort of hopeful for that you're putting positivity and, and something amazing out there for, for somebody. It's really, really special. And I'm sure that family would be extremely grateful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. I mean, again, when I really thought about it, I thought, well, you know, as, as I say, at least they'd had three more years so which is something and I think that also comes back down to uh, you you come across as such a caring woman and I think that's something again going back to the sense of responsibility and everything is to try and understand about the gift that you've been able to to give and know that that's enough and that's you know just just signing up 
it, um, as you say, is giving hope to so many families. And there's only, I think, 2% of people of the population in the UK um, mm. that are actually on the stem cell register. And, you know, it's, I think it's fine, I'm going to touch on this, but for people who are of, you know, white Caucasian descent, a bit more straightforward, mm. I think, a bit easier to find donors. But I think for people perhaps who are of mixed heritage. Oh, yes, it drops quite dramatically, I think, the chance of getting the match. So it's so important that we diversify the register so and and two percent is frighteningly low for the number of people on the register i think uh, and i think there are still a lot of myths about how painful it is i mean obviously you know the science has come a long way and it's you know there is this easy way of donating although you have to be prepared to undergo both ways when you join the register Mm. so um but yeah i mean it's very important that people look at the benefits it's given me back more than I've ever given it I think yeah and and so and also you we have volunteered for Anthony Nolan yes yeah what sort of things have you been doing well they they run that it used to be called register and being lifesaver and now it's um I can't think what it's called oh, the hero project it's called now oh, so I haven't done any talks since the pandemic but yes so that you go into colleges because obviously they target young people so anybody who's sort of 16 to 18 it's the colleges are a perfect place to go in and and we talk about um, blood donation stem cell donation and organ donation and I have to say the young people I've spoken to are extremely compassionate you know they have a very compassionate outlook so it's just highlighting it but of course it tends to be perhaps older people that have this or because often people have said to me oh that was a bit painful and I say oh no 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 it's not painful at all so it's absolutely fine you have a few days rest and you're fine yeah I think it's amazing isn't it people who are sort of in their 40s 50s and and above where I think perhaps we remember the adverts in the 70s that were all about you know well this will happen and it'll it'll come out of your bone and and it all it all felt really daunting (laughs) and quite scary and it's not even in well you're living proof you know even in the situation where you are having the stem cells taken out of your pelvic bone it's okay yes yes (laughs) well i think some people still think that they take it from your spine which is you know way off target it's nothing like that at all so you know it's it's important to bust those myths and i should say i learned a new skill because i've never done a presentation in my life and the first school i went to there was only about 20 students but the next one it was their assembly there was about 200 uh, (laughs) so got myself a new skill through all this which is really good i'm not saying i'd be any good at it but who knows (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, but you you'll be encouraging people all the time, I think. And especially like you say, it's it's trying to get through to the young generation so that people are on the stem cell register for longer. Yes. So there are more opportunities. And if you if you sort of get them in young yeah. it, it can be really positive. Yes. And of course they do say, don't they, that the outcome is better for the patient if it's a younger donor, so they so, and and, I, and as I understand it, men have more stem cells than women, so it's really important. Well, I mean, it's important for boys and girls to join up. Mm. But it's yes, co- it's, to encourage them. It, it is. And it's, I think, with regard to, I know they are keen for more young men to be on the register, yes. but I do think young women need to be on the register as well. I think, I mean, we had a... Uh, we had a woman donor for our son but it's if they're on for longer there's more opportunity I think yes for other people. I think so yeah um, yeah it's really important tell us about 2014 and you and you had to go back again yes to redonate I was sort of I was very surprised to receive another letter 
from the NHS blood and transplant saying, um, would I be prepared to donate again for the same recipient, the second recipient. So this is the fourth time? This was the third harvest, but the fourth time, yes. So I went, oh yes, because you know, I've got a bit blasé about it by then. (laughs) And I'm thinking, oh yes, a few more days off work, that'd be lovely. (laughs) I think that's a really good attitude to have. Anyway, so off I went. This was in the March, not January at the time. So I did two donations in the January and this was in the March of 2014. Um, off to the London clinic again. I saw the same anaesthetist, very nice chap. He said to me, oh, and then a lot of people to do it twice. I've never seen anyone back here three times. I thought, I like a couple of nights in London. <laughs> it's very nice, you know. <laughs> so off I went again. Again, had, as I say, I've had three very good medicals. I've been very lucky because they do check everything. And you're, I can't stress enough, you're exceptionally well looked after. You know, really good. And again, it was just had a few days off work you know, looked after myself, you know, rested up and I was fine. And I have to say, I was, in 2013, I received another orchid, which I still have. Um, oh, and every time it flowers, I hope that my recipient is still blooming. I always hope that. And I, ha- I do ask the NHS Blood and Transplant and they were still alive. But since the pandemic, I've not been able to find out. But they are looking into it again this year for me. Now things are clearer because both my recipients were on registers where it's completely anonymous. Right, um, okay. Which I don't believe there are many in the world, but... I was going to say, I don't I don't know about that side of things. Maybe I need to speak to somebody from DKMS or Anthony Nolan. Yes. If you're listening. Yeah, no, that would be, be interesting, yes. would yeah. be really helpful. So this is amazing, and I think it's lovely that, you, that you're thinking about your recipient who's still living. Let's keep our fingers crossed and hope that that is a really good thing. But you've given an opportunity of life to two people and I think that is quite incredible it's quite astonishing I I didn't realize that I would ever be speaking to somebody who's managed to donate four times um overall it's uh, I think that's quite an accolade um (laughs) I love your positivity it's delightful to talk to you about all of this because you are you just ooze that sort of sense of I don't know purpose and life and you know just enjoy it and think about the benefits you know and and do good for people which is lovely well I certainly think it's the it's the most important thing I've ever done I can't imagine myself doing anything more important but as I said to you previously it's given me more than I've ever given it really because you know I learned a new skill in you know doing presentations I've met some lovely people you know and it's it's a nice community really I think so I don't think I've done anything particularly special you know as I say I was exceptionally well looked after I've had two lovely orchids and the NHS Blood and Transplant sent me a lovely hamper as well on the third occasion, Ooh, which was very that nice. lovely, yes. <laughs> So I've been very lucky. So your life has been impacted just as much in Absolutely, some ways. Absolutely, yes, yeah, in, in a positive way. As I say, I would encourage anybody to, to sign up to the register and, and as we've discussed, there's not enough people on the register. It's so important that people realise that it's not painful um, and you will have a positive impact. And I think there are over 70,000 people across the globe at any one time who are waiting for a stem cell transplant and I will check those numbers but it's it's quite astonishing that the amount of people that are that are on the register just doesn't match with no it's incredible, how many people are waiting 
there are lots of people waiting. But when you equate it out, you know, when you're waiting for a stem cell donor, you know, there's a chance that you might have one or two donors available who are a eight, nine, ten mm. out of ten match. And actually, that's maybe one or two, three people. When you think there's seven billion people in the world, I know. And at least half of them could probably sign up. Yes, ish. I know. Or even, I know. A, even a quarter. You and, know, and we, you know it's, it's very rare to be a match for somebody. And I don't want anybody listening to this podcast to think that you're on a bit of string to the, the hospitals because you're not. I am quite unusual in having done it so many times. Most people go on the register, they never hear anything, or they might donate once. So it is very rare. So I don't want people to be discouraged by having to do it so many times because, you know, that was unusual. But as I say... It's something I would do again. I mean, I'm getting too old now, but and they and they need young donors. It's very important for young people to sign up. And as I say, the young people I've met are all very compassionate and keen to do a good thing. I'm just in awe. I'm over, <laughs> overwhelmed. I think well, I think this is just lovely. And as I said to you, Jimmy, I was hoping they were going to harvest my fat and give me a facelift, but they probably thought they didn't have time I didn't for all know. that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh ladies and gentlemen listening to that that is you know we're not advising that you go down that route by no. now um oh <laughs> uh, i think this is this has been lovely you've been so lovely to talk to and uh and so positive about all of this so you know i was going to say what would you say to anybody who is looking to think about signing up you know what what would you say to them but you've i mean you've said a lot of it already but I would say just do it because it's so easy it's just a cheeky swap it'll take you you know five minutes to sign up make sure you send them back because I know DKMS often saying people order the swaps and then don't send them back and keep your contact details up to date because you know people travel the world so but they can contact you wherever you are as long as they've got the correct details so um, you know please please think about signing up That brings this episode to a close. I'm very grateful to my guest Maggie for giving up her time today and sharing her story with us. I hope you found today's conversation both interesting and inspiring. As a sparkling new podcast, we are looking for guests to share their inspirational stories. And if you have one, we would love to hear from you. You can follow us on Twitter at Magical Match Pod and do get in touch if you'd like to join me to share your stem cell story. If you've enjoyed listening to today's episode, do like and subscribe to the podcast. And if you have time, write us a review. We'll be back soon with a new episode. In the meantime, do consider signing up to the Stem Cell Register. You could be someone's magical match. Thank you for listening. Magical Match Podcast is an OB Hive production, originally inspired by a conversation with Andy Mitchell and other like-minded individuals. Magical Match Podcast is hosted and produced by Ginny Walker with audio production by James Walker and music by Cobalt Ocean.